Hey, would you look at that? The Ducks, well, actually, the San Diego Gulls made a trade. We'll talk about that and more on this edition of Gulls Thursday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. Been covering minor league hockey for a long time. And thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. My personal Twitter's at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter's at LO underscore Ducks. Let's get right into it. So there was a trade made between the Gulls and the Ice Hogs most accurately. I say most accurately because Hunter Drew has hardly played in the NHL. And same with, oh, wait. The Ducks got Slavin? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Not that Slavin. No. They they got they got that Slavin's brother. As it turns out, Jacob Slavin has a brother in the Blackhawks system whose name is Josiah Slavin. The younger brother of Jacob Slavin, who is just doing so very well with the Carolina Hurricanes. Little fun fact. Both Slavin brothers played for the Chicago Steel, and both of them played for Colorado College in the NCAA. How about that? And Jacob Slavin is the alternate captain for the Carolina Hurricanes, and Josiah Slavin was an alternate captain for the Rockford Ice Hogs this season. So, eh, eh, yeah, I guess. So, it was basically a one-for-one trade. As the San Diego Gulls picked up Josiah Slavin from the Rockford Ice Hogs in exchange for Hunter Drew. So first, we have to say our goodbyes to Hunter Drew. Because he has been an interesting player in the Ducks system. And I really liked Hunter Drew a lot. Really terrific guy to have on that team. And someone that was always team first and did whatever he could to help his team succeed. Because I think people forget Hunter Drew was a defenseman starting off. And yeah, this goes all the way back to when Hunter Drew was part of um, the goals back before the pandemic. Hunter Drew was a defenseman. Then the pandemic happened, and then everything just kind of went all weird. Then when he came back from Slovakia, he was starting to be, I guess, experimented with at the forward position during the bubble season in Irvine. And that was kind of out of necessity because for the goals that year, there was a lot of players moving up and down. There was a lot of certain guys that were on the goals back then. And when you had guys getting called up and then you had certain other positions needing to be filled because remember, you had the taxi squad back then. So the San Diego goals at the time had plenty of defensemen and not as many forwards. This happened frequently during the bubble season where the goals would go 11-7. And even during games, Hunter Drew would move up during the game. So Drew kind of 
just slid into the skid and said, you know what? I could do this. I could play forward. I could convert. So that's what the goals began to do. And it's not really a reclamation project. It was more of a, let's see how he does in this position out of necessity. And I got to say, it worked out pretty well, especially last season where in Hunter Drew's first full season as a forward, he wound up with 17 goals and 38 points for the San Diego goals. Pretty solid season, if I might say. And he did get a goal in last year's playoff where they got swept against the Ontario Reign. But I liked the way that Drew played defense, but I loved the conversion to forward for Hunter Drew. That's someone that I love having on the team. I mean, why not? Why not, right? And I think he'll do well in Rockford, considering that Rockford has had their bit of shuffling going on. There could be some more trades in Chicago because they will surely be selling at the trade deadline, which is a little over a week away now. Hunter Drew can fit any role in that team. So, you know, Hunter Drew, salute to you. My hat's off to you. Good luck in Rockford. We'll still be rooting for you. I mean, you know, Hunter Drew has been a San Diego goal for a number of years and we'll wish him nothing but the best and see if Rockford can win a round in the Calder Cup playoffs. And in comes Josiah Slavin. A little bit about him, and I had to actually ask a couple people about him. Um, Sarah, who, Sarah Ampato, who covers the Chicago Steel once in a while, you know, all she remembers about Josiah Slavin was that he was a guy that would um, move puck play and kind of establish himself in the in the zone. I was going to say in the neutral zone, but she said he establishes himself, you know, down in the slot area, which is fine. That's someone that you want on your team, someone that can get their way in the slot, someone that can get some easy goals, which is what he did last season in Rockford. And also, um, I haven't talked to Joey Z about this yet, who did cover the Rockford Ice Hogs, and I'm sure I'll talk with Joey Zakowski, who was the broadcaster for the Ice Hogs. I'm sure I'll get some more intel on Josiah Slavin from others as the rest of the season goes on. But just from what little I've heard, you know, he's someone that will get pucks to the net. Someone that does look to score. Something the goals desperately need this season. Now, it still might be too late for the goals this season, But if it's one thing they need, they need scoring. Well, I mean, they need a lot of things. They need scoring. They need defense. They got one thing going. They got offense going a little bit at least. So, yeah, there's that. (sighs) A little bit more about Josiah Slavin. This season, three goals, 11 points for the Rockford Ice Hogs. Last season, 18 goals and 32 points for the Ice Hogs. And even had an apple in last season's playoff where they ultimately fell. But you know what? Not a bad player to have on your team. Slavin did see some time in the NHL. 15 games and got one assist. Hey, look at that. A little bit more NHL time than Hunter Drew, who only saw two NHL games. So, yeah. Once again, straight up one for one. Hunter Drew goes to the Rockford Ice Hogs. And Josiah Slavin is your newest member of the San Diego Goals. 
All right, we're going to talk about the upcoming, or rather the past games from this past week for San Diego after this brief first intermission. Got to talk about, you know, there was a very painful game that the goals had last week. Just painful in so many ways. We'll get to that on the other side. But first, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. And we're so excited to have FanDuel as our sports betting partner for the Locked On Podcast Network. And the midway point is here for both the NHL and the NBA. And you know what? I mean, you could get parlays going. You can get so many bets going. And if you're a new customer, even better. Because you have a no-sweat first bet of up to 1000 bucks back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. It's just that easy. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the LockedOn Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, which is under the umbrella of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we've got to talk about, well, talk about the games in general, but there is a little bit more that I need to discuss as far as the goals are concerned. So after we talked last time, the goals came off of a very impressive victory, and I thought this could turn things around. Like, it was a good, well, a good win against Coachella Valley a week and a half ago, and a great win win against the Tucson Roadrunners. So here I am thinking, okay, big win against Tucson. Now things are going to turn around. They've won two of their last three. It's looking good, right? Uh, No. No, no, no. That did not happen. They haven't won since last week. The game against Ontario, it was Star Wars night at Pachanga Arena. This was a winnable game for the San Diego goals. Just a little bit of bad puck luck And also, Rocco Grimaldi cannot do everything by himself. He just can't. Now, we have seen, you know, Jacob Perot and Braden Tracy. They're at about 100%, so things are looking better. You have Chase DeLeo. He's back now. Michael Delzato. He's there. So, all of a sudden, the goals are starting to get a little bit healthy again. Just one issue. Lukas Dostal is still not in San Diego. He's still up in Anaheim, getting pelted. Well, you know what? It was the Rocco Grimaldi show against the Ontario Reign because he got himself a hat trick on this game. One in the first, one in the second, one in the third. And this was a game that Ontario also needed because they are trying to get home ice advantage in that opening playoff round, that best of three series. They want home ice advantage there. And what wound up happening was Leah Anderson. Leah Anderson had a power play goal, and then he got the game-tying goal late in the third period, just when we thought that San Diego had things wrapped up on that game. The defense let him down once again. And this was a game that Ontario was just not getting the shots on goal. San Diego, dare I say, looked dominant. For a period and a half. Yes, you heard that right. San Diego had one of the best periods that I've seen. Ontario looked 
flat, but also San Diego was dominating puck control. Now it helped that San Diego did get three power play opportunities in that second period. They couldn't put any of them away, and I think that is a big issue for San Diego. Their PK is good. Their power play, not so good. In fact, not good at all. They went 0-3 in that second period alone. Just bad puck movement, bad management in the neutral zone. That could have put the game away for San Diego, and they just couldn't put one away. And as soon as I saw that they didn't go, they went over on those power plays, that's where I kind of said to myself, oh, they just blew this. They just blew this. And of course, little did I know, third period, Elias Anderson would tie things up late, and then Martin Kromiak would score his second of the game late in overtime to give the Ontario Reign a 4-3 victory at Pechanga Arena in front of a packed crowd. And also give credit to Gage Alexander. Look, Gage didn't see all that many shots. But he looked generally pretty good on this game. He looked fine. But I gotta talk about just Rocco Grimaldi. I have said since September that Rocco Grimaldi is a key piece on any hockey team. And he will make himself seen. He will score goals. Now, he probably should have gone up to Anaheim. Can you imagine if Grimaldi made the Ducks? He could have helped out that team because they can't get any worse than they are, right? Grimaldi, I could see him getting maybe 7-8 goals for the Anaheim Ducks. He could help him out on the third, fourth line. He could be just one of those grinder guys, kind of like a Sam Carrick, who's a bit of a grinder. Carrick fights a little bit. Rocco Grimaldi has speed. He has a great shooting touch. He would have helped Anaheim. He's leading the goals right now, but he cannot do it by himself. He needs Braden Tracy. He needs Chase DeLeo. He needs, you know, Jacob Perot. He needs the rest of his teammates to help pick him up. That has not happened this season. It really hasn't. So that's been probably the most troubling thing for San Diego is that some of the other guys haven't stepped up the way we were hoping for. Braden Tracy, he hasn't stepped up as much. In fact, I feel like he's taken a slight step back this season. Same with Jacob Perot. Now, of course, Perot, he has been injured in and out this season, so that has not helped. Chase DeLeo, he has been hurt most of this season with nerve issues. We still don't know exactly what that is, but that's what we're going with. So injuries have played a part in this. But you've still got to pick up your teammates whenever possible. And Rocco Grimaldi has been the guy for San Diego. And they are quickly running out of time. If they're going to have any chance at the playoffs, they've got to start winning. And they've got to start winning now. And it starts with everybody else on offense. Otherwise, they're going to be looking at an early golf vacation in just seven weeks time. Finally, one more thing I want to talk about is the goaltending. Now, this relates to the last two games that the San Diego Goals played against the Bakersfield Condors. The one on Sunday at Pechanga Arena, 
that was a mess. San Diego allowed 39 shots, which is not good. But it was also Ole Eriksson, Eck, and Net, and he allowed eight goals. Eight. He didn't look good. Also, Bakersfield, they're just rolling right now. They just beat Coachella Valley. They beat San Diego on Sunday. They beat him again on Tuesday at Mechanics Bank Arena. 3-1, Bakersfield beat San Diego. In that 3-1 game, Baco did outshoot San Diego 28-22. Gage Alexander looked fine. Three goals and 28 shots. Not bad at all. And two of those were on the power play. Both of those, or rather, neither of those were Alexander's fault. I thought he played a fine game. Ole Eriksson Ek probably wants a couple of those goals back. And this is the troubling situation for the San Diego goals. And it has been all season long. Ole Eriksson Ek. It was hoped that he would be the next guy up once Dostal went up to the Anaheim Ducks as a permanent backup. That was the plan. The plan was for Ole Eriksson Ek to be the new number one for San Diego. He has not passed that audition. In fact, he is failing that audition right now. Sean O'Brien has this little charts that he has on the Calder Farmstead. And Ole Eriksson Ek is right in the bottom left of pretty much every category as far as goaltending is concerned. His save percentage this season is a dismal 844 that's among the worst in the AHL. His goals against is above 5. That is not number one starter material. I'm afraid it's not. And Ole Eriksson Ek, you know, nice guy, but he may have just played himself out of a spot on this roster. I don't know what's going to happen with Ole Eriksson Ek after this season. He might not be long on this team. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Eriksson Ek winds up in Tulsa to start next season. That's a shame, folks. Ole Eriksson Ek has taken backstep after backstep the last couple of seasons. And when you're at your age 23 season and you're suffering this much, maybe it's time to pull the ripcord on this. Maybe it's time to just send him down to Tulsa. Unfortunate as it might seem, I think we're there. I think we're at that point. Gage Alexander has looked fine in his three games. Alexander has looked more poised, has a bit longer reach, much taller frame, a little bit more athleticism. Ole Eriksson Ek is 6'3". Gage Alexander is 6'6". If you want someone to take over Dostal's spot, it's not Ole Eriksson Ek. It's Gage Alexander. Gage Alexander, I think, could be a future number one for the San Diego goals. And if he plays his cards right, he could possibly see himself in an NHL role at some point. Maybe that third goaltender for the Ducks further down the line. I don't think it's going to happen right now because Ole Eriksson Ek is 23 Gage Alexander, he's still young. I mean, the kid is only, I think, 20 years old. His time in juniors is pretty much done. 
Now, he did play for the Swift's current Broncos this season. Looked okay there. He's looked decent in Tulsa. He's looked better in San Diego. So maybe that's where the Ducks slash goals are with their goaltending. It's not only Eriksson Ek. It is Gage Alexander. Just my honesty here. Just my two cents. And I know that John Broadbent from Defend the Nest and I, we've talked about Ole Eriksson Ek in private a little bit. And it is unfair that Ole Eriksson Ek is catching a bad break. But the writing is kind of on the wall right now. Ole Eriksson Ek is not the future for the San Diego Goals. I don't think he's the future for the Anaheim Ducks even. Ole Eriksson Ek did mysteriously get called up for one game earlier this season in Anaheim. And Eriksson Ek could have gone in the game. It was a blowout. I think that was one of those blowout games that the Anaheim Ducks had. I want to say it was a seven-goal game against John Gibson, but Erickson Eck could have totally come in and at least gotten some experience, maybe some confidence. The fact that he didn't go win on that game, that was that was just crappy. And Erickson Eck is a free agent after the season. I don't see him coming back. I don't. When you have Gage Alexander and Callie Klang back there, take a shot at those two. See what happens. All right. I think that's going to do it for this particular podcast. Once again, thanks for tuning in to Goals Thursday. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. If you want to drop me a line, the email address is locked on Anaheim Ducks at gmail.com. And once again, I plan on making it down to San Diego once or twice more before the season ends. And I got to visit you guys because those of you that watch for the goals content, y'all are awesome. And hey, maybe come visit me at Coachella Valley. Why not? So once again, thank you all for your continuous support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the night, day. Please continue to be safe out there, especially in this weather. Be kind to one another, and ducks and gulls fly together. (laughs) 